Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Pregnant ladies and little kids better get the hell out of the way. Because I am running. I'm just, I'm like Forrest Gump, dude. I am running. So. The Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. Okay. I want you to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman to the Desperate Spike Podcast. You like apples? All right, welcome back into another edition of the Just Press Play podcast. We have Pops out. He's he's traveling the road, you know, just being Pops. But we got we got Uncle Tony back. LJ's back. What's up? We took a week off from Thanksgiving, and uh, I don't know if we're going to revisit the power rankings, but they're flip flop. They're, they're oh all my over god! The place. I've been thinking about that lot. all week. I've been thinking about your power rankings. <laughs> I There's got a lot the power. of teams that were really high that are now dropping all the way out. The biggest mover might not even played last week. There's, there's a lot going on. And then we have college football just decided to go crazy, and everyone's just leaving jobs and moving places, and, and we might have to get into some of that. Um, but before we before we really get into the uh, some of the NFL stuff, LJ, this is for both y'all, and this is something – as someone who uh, spends – an hour to an hour and a half a week talking into a mic. I should know this answer. I just kind of flip flop when it, when, when you're talking about a quarterback, like throwing the ball all over the place, I hear a lot of people say two different terms, either chunking it like C H U N K chunking it all over the field. Then I hear a lot of chucking it with like a C H U C K. <laughs> I don't know which one's correct. The people that get paid a lot of money to do this, talking to a microphone, a lot of times say chucking it, so I assume they're right. I just kind of just flip flop and say I'm confidently. No one's ever questioned me. Can we? Can we get a definitive answer? Does, well, is one I'm, correct? I'm going to look on the internet. My my gut takes me straight to chuck, <clears throat> like a like a like a beaver does. Is I would chuck the ball for sure. How much? But like if you uh, see how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? I mean like that. But. That's, that's what I mean, yeah. Is a is is a is a woodchuck like chucking it, like throwing it? Chucking is that it. No. what that is referring to? So no, I don't think so. It? But what is He's but chucking. are they chunking? Like what they're 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 they're, they're chucking. Yeah. Have you ever heard chunk? Have you ever heard chunk? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Okay, okay. I'm yeah. just making sure y'all weren't yeah, making chunk it sound it. like I was crazy. I because I, I am crazy, but I feel like I have heard that. I think it's one of those Mason Dixon line things. If you're north of the Mason Dixon line, it's chuck. If you're south of the Mason-Dixon line, you're chunking it, uh, and I think that's, that's probably something that's kind of what maybe, I was. That's what I was guessing. Well, the I, the dictionary definition chuck includes th- throw carelessly or throw away, whereas chunk with an n has no throwing as a part of its uh, definition. It's a compact mass, a substantial amount to put together indiscriminately, or to group or chunk together certain orders. So we've down down south of the Mason-Dixon line, we've just kind of slangly thrown chunk in okay. there even though it's not what it yeah, means i mean i know this will surprise a lot of people but people south of the mason dixon line use the english language with a lot of irregularity and uh, lackadaisically so uh 
So I, I think that that's probably the case here. But so on Sunday night, when Lamar Jackson was just he sprinted straight back and then just threw it to the end zone, and of course Mark Andrews wide open, he was chucking it to the end zone. That is correct. That is correct. Okay, chucking it. I'm glad he was getting chunks figured- of yards over and over again. <laughs> there we go. Yes. <laughs> there you go. See. That's what this podcast does. We, we not only give you opinions that may be bad, we don't know, but uh, we not only provide you those opinions, but we're also getting you facts. We're making sure the next time you're throwing around Chunk or Chuck, you're saying the right one. And you don't have to call people out, but just know you know the correct way. Yeah, that's the only important thing. Lamar is chucking the ball around, getting chunks of yards. That's yeah. what's happening. He's also throwing a bunch of interceptions on Sunday night, but True. that's neither here nor there. Um all right, we got to get into. Uh, I got a really good question to start the podcast off with you, and it's going to be about two football coaches. I want your opinion on. But before we do that, let's get a word from our sponsor. You know, it's uh, it's not every day that you can double your money, but with uh, my bookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their uh, double deposit bonus for all new users. That's right, with uh, my bookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at mybookie.ag and use my promo code SportsDrink. You'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. There's a game on Monday night, as there usually is, you know, everyone's continuing to climb the quest for the AFC's title. You know, I don't know, Buffalo's been looking good, Kansas City's alright sometimes, Uh, but, uh, you know, the Packers are the Packers, and, uh, you know... It's a disgrace, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, look for look for all of it to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code Sports Drink and my bookie. That's uh, promo code Sports Drink to double your initial deposit all the way up to a thousand dollars. You bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. That's mybookie.ag promo code Sports Drink. Happy holidays, y'all. All right, here we go. I got a hard-hitting question for you guys. Um, You can have one of these two coaches. I'll start with you, Uncle Tony. Matt LaFleur or Sean McVay? Who are you taking? McVay. No question about it? No question about it. LJ, do you you concur or? No, I don't think I concur. I don't think I concur. I think that <laughs> the Packers have been an injured team that is just dominating everybody. Um, and uh, McVay can't beat winning teams. Is that true? I mean, what the hell's going on with uh, with the Rams? McVay, McVay's coaching, yeah. McVay's record at, at career as a head coach is 53 and 28, which is a 654 winning percentage. LaFleur is 38 and 11, which is a 776 winning percentage. Now, you could argue LaFleur's coached his entire career with a guy named Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And mm-hmm. McVay had Jared Goff for most of it. And and shot, or, and Stafford, who uh, I'm not – I'm kind of trying – maybe are we asking, is, is Stafford good? That, that might be a question we ask on <laughs> this podcast. That might be part of the question, yeah. Um, I, I think it's just interesting. And, Tony, I think you were about to say <laughs> this, and it, this is what LJ was about to say. Sure, they do have Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is really good, but – this team is really good, and they're we still haven't seen Bakhtiari. They're missing their all-pro corner, Jair Alexander. Uh, Zaire Smith, their all-pro pass rusher, hasn't played in a, in a while. And then Aaron Jones is in and out of the lineup, and they just, which I think A.J. Dillon's a really good running back. But 
it seems like they're just popping guys in and out. And we watched them win the game against the Cardinals a few weeks back when Devontae Adams missed the game with COVID. I don't It just mm-hmm. – LaFleur seemed to just out-coach McVay on Sunday, in my opinion. Tony, what, what do you think? Yeah, you know, now for that one game, I think LaFleur, LaFleur is hot. Right? Or the Packers are hot. I, and yeah. I don't know – they've got some mojo going. And I don't know if it is this last dance thing and, uh, you know, they're – I can't think of anybody that's really wanting to play for Aaron Rodgers. They might want to play with Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know if you're doing it for him. But, but um, it sure, it sure I, looks I like they're all pulling in the same direction right now. It it sure does. And McVay has run into something that he hadn't run into so far in his career, and that's this lull. I mean, he's been building. I mean, LaFleur hadn't been to the Super Bowl yet. And I, uh, McVay can can put that on his has that on his resume. So I, I think the Rams are still a, a more complete team than the Packers, but the Packers are certainly hot. And and the Rams have got to figure out something on offense and uh, and, and and how to be more consistent. But that is, that is the mo of their quarterback. Uh, you can look back for many many years, and Matt Stafford has been phenomenal for six games, and then sucks for six games. Uh, and, and so we'll see if he can get out of this funk and uh, get them back rolling again. But uh, um, I still think Bavay he's more of a that complete. Complete coach, and we'll see how Lafleur does once once Aaron Rodgers goes to the Broncos next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just I find it it's funny. We talked about this when uh, when the the Rams did their trade. Uh, they 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 brought in Von Miller, and then they brought in Odell Beckham, and they've done all this. And they we we kind of joked about how the Rams account tweeted out the uh, the Rounders mm-hmm. gift yeah. of of. The KOB, KGB going all in, and then he ended up losing. It does kind of look like they went all in and they've lost three in a row. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, well, and they could figure gotta, it out. I mean, go ahead, L. Uh, to, to further belabor my point, when was the last time they beat a me- mediocre team? Let's look at their wins. They're in reverse order. They've got Houston, Detroit, eh, New York, eh, Seattle, eh. Tampa Bay in week three. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, Chicago Bears. I mean, and so we're looking at the rest of their schedule. So the, like the Colts is their second Seattle. best win. Yeah. And the and Colts, I two. think the Colts are good, but yeah, early in the year, the Colts weren't that great. It, they've, they, got a, they've got a powder cake schedule uh, for the rest of the season. They will be in the playoffs with a strong record, um, but they're not going to play very many losing teams in the playoffs, I don't think. That, so. that That's interesting. I, I'm not ready to say like I'm out on McVay by any chance. I'm just saying I might if I'm doing a McVay LaFleur power ranking, I might have uh, LaFleur just slightly ahead at the moment. And we know how much trust these power rankings. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to foreshadow anything, but you know, uh, this, this Oreo cookie has gotten to be a double stuff. Cause there's a lot of, a lot of people stuck in the middle and there ain't much on the outside, <laughs> high or True. low, but I think we'll talk about that more. We get the power rankings. Well, and I think it's interesting. The the one thing I think could be interesting with the Rams, if, if they don't write the ship soon, when you bring a lot of personalities in, and they're already a locker room with a lot of personalities, McVay's done a really good job of kind of being the he, – he plays the strings the right way and has Jalen Ramsey fitting right in and has everything fitting and moving. But all of a sudden, you start pointing the little fingers. I'm not saying Odell Beckham is, but we know there's been issues before. Von Miller's a guy who probably has a lot of pride in himself. If someone tries to call him out, I'm just saying, if they don't ride it, all of a sudden the wheels could start falling off and this thing could get derailed quickly. And they will play the Cardinals a couple, at least one more time. And they'll, I I think you're right, LJ. The schedule easing up is probably exactly what they need to kind of figure things out. And uh, Stafford, I guess, needs to get healthy because supposedly he's injured. 
but he doesn't look right to me. Yeah. Um, if I could tell old, you, man. you could have the record. <laughs> uh, so, so who, who do you think has the better record in November? We've got the, uh, the winless Detroit Lions. We've got the Rams and we've got the Seahawks. Well, they're probably even, I guess, aren't they? Well, no, the it's, Lions have the better record of those three because of their time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. that's hilarious. Jared Goff's got a better oh. record in November than Sean McVay. <laughs> Take that. Yes, he does. Take that for data. <laughs> um, I want to, let's oh, see. That's a let's, great stat. <laughs> let's move along here. Where were, oh, um, oh I want to give, and this is interesting to give credit to Kyler Murray because they didn't even play this week. But Kyler Murray <laughs> sitting out when he wasn't 100%, and they ended up getting two out of three wins with Colt McCoy. We're yeah. watching all these quarters. Stafford doesn't look right. Russell Wilson doesn't look right at all. Baker Mayfield. And I'm all about you know toughness, and it's cool. And I, But they're hurting their team by playing because they're not they're, – I think maybe a backup who's 100% of whatever that backup is is better than a Stafford at 50%. I, I kind of want to give credit to I, I want to say the NFL does need like you, you pride yourself on being tough and stuff but Baker Mayfield is flat out hurting the I think Case Keenum would be a lot better for the Browns healthy I think Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback but not a 60% of Baker so I don't know we see all these quarterbacks that. who are hurt trying to battle through and Russ I get why he came back because they had a chance at making the playoffs and he just looks he, he's Fading away from throws, he's inaccurate on everything. We'll, we'll touch on them a little bit, but I just sometimes if you're not right, you're not right, and you might need to sit out. And we're seeing some of that. Uh, I agree. We've talked some. We we talked about some NFC with uh, the Rams and Packers. I want to go over to the AFC because is anyone good? Who's good in the AFC? Do we know who's good? Uh, LJ, what do you think? What make the it make sense? AFC is good. That's the answer. I don't know. Um, I the the, the Patriots. You can't just like not look at the Patriots and be like that. That feels like a good team. I mean, who's Mac Jones, but who was Tom Brady in 2007? You know, um, that's well, a good looking team. 2007 was the pretty good year from Tom Brady. That was when he broke all the records with. Okay. Randy well, what year did, like, Oh, 2001. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2001. Yeah. Well, um, and I'm right. I just was for the listener at home would be like, what is he talking about? Tom yeah, Brady no, he was, a, he was a six year all-star <laughs> at that point. So, um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, but the Patriots, I think, are good. I think the Bills are good. I'm pretty sure. Um, well, the just, Titans, if they can get healthy, I want to throw are this. Incredible. I, I want to throw this at you, LJ. From the first seed Ravens to the current seventh seed Chargers, everybody is within two games of first place in the AFC, yeah. and that doesn't even factor Denver, Vegas, Indy, and Cleveland, who all have six wins, which puts them just two games back from the eight win Ravens and Patriots. So that yeah. we. We, we talked, and Tony, you mentioned this in the email uh, that we had, email thread we had, but say what you want about 17-game schedule. The AFC is going to be a mess. And the NFC yeah. also, if you look at the wild card area, it's, it's going to be interesting going down. I, let's go to what LJ was saying, Tony. What make the Patriots make sense? Are they, how good should we rate them? Are they Super Bowl favorites? Are they contenders? Are they, how, what are they? Oh, they're, they're contenders. I don't want to call them favorites just yet because they don't have a lot of explosiveness on the offensive side of the ball. But let's, let's be clear about this. And we talked about this last year, you know, in COVID, uh, those protocols, you know, half of their, more than half of their starting defense sat out a year. Uh, and, you know, they had 10, I think it was up to 10 players that opted out and they were all defensive players. They're all back. And uh, or majority of them back and they've restructured. And so there hasn't been that type of chaos. And so 
that to me is the difference. You know, they are really playing phenomenal defense, and it's the kind of no-name defense that you really see that do uh, win win playoff games. And the offense now is uh, uh, it's certainly not uh, you know they're not going to go outscore the Chiefs or the Bills, but they are going to be consistent. They're going to be conservative, and they're going to take care of the ball. That's Mac Jones. That's what he has been trained to do, and that's what he does. He makes he makes short, accurate throws. They now have a duo of running backs that are healthy and are, are able to run the football uh, with authority. Uh, they, they do have an all-pro tight end. Uh, two of them, actually, with Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, but Hunter Henry is the one that has been scoring lately, but I hadn't. Um, you know, but so a lot of factors there to make a good team great, and that's what Belichick has done with this. And I think it starts with that defensive side of the ball, and and we don't have the problems that we talked about that that the Rams or, or the Seahawks might have. They're just not nobody's talking about that, and that's that's when you know you're doing a good job. To to throw some numbers at you, the Patriots are currently on a six game winning streak, which is the longest active winning streak. And then I think it might be the longest winning streak so far in the NFL this season. And in those six games, they're outscored. They're averaging 35 points per game, and their opponent is averaging 10 and a half points per game. So they are blowing people out. But here's where my question lies. Let's let's we did this with the Rams. Let's let's take a look at some wins here. Jets twice. They beat the Texans. They beat the Chargers, which I think that's a good one. But what are are we're not sure about the Chargers. I, obviously, I was ready to crown them about five weeks ago. But <laughs> as you know, these power rankings can move around a little bit. They beat the Panthers with no CMC and a mess at quarterback. They beat the Browns with Baker, as we already talked about, looking like a mess, and no Chubb or Kareem Hunt. They beat the Falcons on a Thursday night game with no Cordero Patterson, which apparently Cordero Patterson is the difference between them scoring 30 and zero. And then last week, they just beat the Titans with no Henry and missing their top three wide receivers, including A.J. Brown and Julio. I'm just saying, you give a guy like Bill Belichick, who we've all said is probably the best coach, best game planner, and he gets to coach against all these teams with limited offense, of course the defense is going to look really good. So that's, I do think the defense is good, but are they this good? I'm not sure. We're going to get the next three weeks at the Bills, at the yep. Colts, then the Bills again. Yep. In three weeks, we could know, at least in the AFC we'll East, we'll know who's the top and who's the bottom. And it wouldn't shock me if the Patriots are this team and they go two and three in those or maybe even three and oh. But it also wouldn't shock me to see him go one and three or drop all three. Because Mac Jones is limited. He, yeah. he doesn't lose the game for you, but he is limited still. It's not like he's he's like, he's oh one Tom Brady, not oh seven Tom Brady, as LJ said. Let's <laughs> let's make that very clear. And that 0-1 That's team right. was a very good defense around Tom Brady with one Super Bowl. So we'll see. We'll see. That I'm just concerned yeah. about are they really this good or have they kind of just they do what Bill Belichick does. They win the games they're supposed to do. They should have won all the games they've won. And that, that is what a good team does. They win the games they're supposed to. You see teams like the Cowboys dropping games to the Raiders when I don't even know who's playing with Derek Carr over there and we're still <laughs> losing. So who knows? Well, I tell you what, yeah, I, if this season, if 2021 hasn't taught you anything, it's taught you to stay the course because most of these teams, when we started the season, we talked about the Bills being on the top, the Chiefs being on top, the Rams being on top. Well, we've seen them go have just great four or five game stretches and lousy four or five game stretches. Yeah. Now, the teams we said that were going to be awful, the Jets and the Texans and the Lions, 
we're pretty much seeing them be awful. And even those that got off to a bad start, like the Dolphins, the Dolphins are playing great football right now. We thought they might have a chance. And the Broncos, the Broncos are playing great football right now. So, uh, and so, uh, you know, there's not those, your biggest disappointment out there right now is the Seahawks. And I know we're talking AFC right now, and they really don't have a team. That's a, that's a disappointment because just about everybody you thought, they're still in this thing, man. What a what a great stretch run this is going to be. And I hate to say it, I'm glad there's one extra game because there's just no telling who's going to be knocking heads around that last week to try to make the yeah. playoffs. And so yeah. that could that could be a lot of fun. Well, I was going to move on to some – let's just knock out AFC talk. Let's finish up. Uh, I'll tell you, if I had to choose a team right now in the AFC – to go to the Super Bowl, I'm back on the Kansas City Chiefs. Honestly, I think they're only getting better. The defense is they rounded. Them out. They, they really I don't think that have. defense is like some great. I, the, the Patriots defense is probably better, but the difference is like we talked about those two teams, Patrick Mahomes and Mac Jones. I, yeah, Kansas I, City I, doesn't I, need a great defense; they need a good defense. Yeah, they just need adequate. Yeah. And so, yeah. and the Ravens, I've liked the Ravens, but they didn't look good on Sunday night. They they got to win, which I guess that's all that matters. But well, the Ravens win dirty. They I mean not dirty, but they win the tough games. Yeah, you know they'll, they'll win the ugly ones and they'll figure out a way. And Lamar Jackson does seem to figure out a way. But I, and the Bills, I'm just not sure on the Bills. I, it's I, hard to tell what the Bills are. It really is. They I look mean, great on we, Thursday. We know, but. we know they're great. It's just hard to know what. It's like you've been saying for a couple of years now. It's hard to know what the Bills are going to be each week. Uh, yeah, and and the Titans will be interesting. They're, so they are eight and four, I think, uh, according to like ESPN's FPI percentages of of odds to make the playoffs. They still have the best chance of making the playoffs in the AFC with like ninety nine percent because they just have a much they they won a lot of tough games, so they're going to get a lot of easier schedule. And then you would like to think towards the end of the year, the plan for them is still Derrick Henry comes back and is rested, AJ Brown comes back, Julio comes back, and Tannehill. We've we've learned is a much different quarterback, as most quarterbacks probably would be. He's a much different quarterback when he's got Derrick Henry running the ball behind him as opposed to whoever else could be back I mean, there. look, yeah. I all I know is that if the if the Titans make the playoffs and Derrick Henry comes back, I can't imagine anyone I'd want to tackle less than a Derrick Henry that has been napping and working out for <laughs> right. 18 weeks, and in it's January now. No, It's I'd, January, it, yeah. yeah. That is a very, <laughs> no one, very fair point. <laughs> no one wants to tackle the Yeti. In yeah. January, you know, yeah. let them no be a wild card. I'm still like, I'm yeah. still on that train. That yeah. that is a good train. So to that point, I think the Titans do have, you know, they've got the Texans and the Jags in, in their division, and so they they the only worried about the Colts and and the Colts still have some weaknesses. But mm-hmm. you're, you're right. I, I I think if they get to the playoffs, probably uh probably a good chance for them to 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 make it. it, it it is any truly anybody's game. You can go through most of these teams and find a weak spot. I, I would be all over Buffalo, but for the fact they still don't have a running game. Yeah. When Matt Breida has all of a sudden made it to your uh, to, exactly to your right. uh, running backs committee, you're in trouble, man. And so uh, I think there's a there's an issue there. They've got to figure that out. And and so uh, there's a weakness in, in in every one of those. And the Patriots, like we just said, they've won some. Uh, good games against some poor opponents, but are they, you, you know, are they making them poor? Are they going to come through these next three games? We'll, we'll see. But man, it, it, you could pick any of those folks. And the and, only person in the ASC I'm off that, that's got the opportunity is I, 
I I am feeling really bad for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I yeah. wanna, I wanna, I wanna, and yeah, it, it's it's time. And you said that comment about those quarterbacks uh, needing to step aside, yeah. Kevin, earlier, and and I think it may be time for the. It almost sounded Big like Ben just to say, did you notice I need they just were, hand the ball off and go? They were losing like forty-one to seven in or three or so. It was a, a terrible score, and Big Ben was still in there late in the fourth quarter. It's almost like Mike yeah. Tomlin was kind of hoping he would go ahead and get knocked out. I don't know, but I was just like, <laughs> he's punishing him. He looks like, like okay, man. Like you want to be back here? <laughs> here, you're back. Yeah, I'm glad you came back for another season. Here, here, I'm going to call a XY 15 yard post. See if that defensive end gets to you before you throw the first <laughs> football. Come back next year for me, Ben. Come back next year. I, you know. I, and and speaking of that game, I think I don't. I, the Steelers probably don't. They're, they're five and five, and as we've said, that they still have a chance if they can rattle off some wins. But I think they're out. Cincinnati in that game. I, Cincinnati can kind of be herky jerky as we've seen when they were number. They went from like number one team in the AFC to the seventh seed, like within the course of two weeks. So, but when they're good, they're really good. The defense is good enough, I think. And Joe Burrow is interesting, and Joe Mixon quietly might be the third best running back in the NFL right now. Yeah, maybe he's the he- he's the, the only healthiest. ones I'd really the only ones I'd really put over him. And I'm I'm putting Derrick Henry just because I know he's hurt, but like Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, and then I mean you might would say Kamara and CMC, but Joe Mixon's been consistent and healthy. Chubb's good. I'm, oh. There's a lot of good running backs, but I, Joe Mixon with that passing game because they have a lot of weapons out there. The mm. Cincinnati Bengals are interesting. It wouldn't be the craziest thing to see them make a run. Yeah, yeah, I. I- I, I think they've turned into – I still think that that division is probably the weakest and the Ravens come out. There's two of them, possibly three in the playoffs from that division, but and it's probably going to be the Ravens and the, and the Bengals. Mm-hmm. But I see the Bengals one and done in the playoffs right now. They're just not strong enough on defense I can uh, see that. To, to be able to carry it. So, But it was, just, good, it was good to see the return of T. Higgins uh, this past weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, he's kind of been a lost soul out there wandering the Neverlands and <laughs> – it was good to see him back because, man, we were all talking about how great he was last year, but he's he looks to be back. I think and it, I think it, it goes both ways in both uh, AFC and NFC, and this is my last thought on the AFC. It, whoever can get that one seed, I think it's really important because I could legitimately see any team. It's going to be – I could see the, the Chargers of the current seventh seed. Any given Sunday, Herbert could have a great game and they could win. Hell, if the Broncos creep in, the Broncos, I don't think they're good enough to make a run, but they're good enough to beat you. They're good yeah. enough to beat you any given Sunday, especially if it's cold. Yeah. They run the ball well. They play stingy defense. I, it's, yeah. You want to avoid having to play that wild card game because I don't care if you have yeah. Patrick Mahomes or not. If you mess around and get the wrong team, like you get a Titans who hadn't won in a while. I was going to say that wild card game could be a, a Derrick Henry. <laughs> Just waiting. He's been waiting to run someone over all all year, and here he goes. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, move over. Moving over to the uh, NFC, and I think the cream of the crops fairly clear. You got the the Cardinals who are nine and two, and they did they haven't had uh, Hopkins or or Murray in a while. And then we've talked about the Packers earlier. I think the Packers are really good. And then probably would y'all say the clear third is Tampa Bay? Is that Fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So how worried should should a Cowboys fan, if we had one here, I, I'm just curious, how worried <laughs> should a Cowboys fan be? Because we talked about the, what makes the Patriots because they win the games they should win. The Cowboys don't. And now they have a COVID thing going through the locker room. 
where Mike McCarthy's not going to coach. I might not be the worst thing. Uh, but there's also like <laughs> yeah. eight players who might m- miss the game. They're expected to get Cooper and Lamb back. But all of a sudden, they if they lose to the to the Saints on Thursday night, that NFC East is interesting. Yep. Yeah, that 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 whistling sound you hear is is Jerry Jones' sphincter <laughs> as air passes through it as it gets tighter and tighter because what looked like to be a, a you know that season you were really hoping for is all of a sudden you see the chinks in the armor starting to be exposed and uh uh, good news is though they still get back into the NFC East and get to play some of those folks. And I know the East is doing a lot better. They really are. I'm surprised how tough the football team, and the Giants, True. have been playing. The Eagles the uh, are kind of yeah the yeah I keep, yeah sorry. Thank you very much. The football <laughs> team. Uh, they'll dub that out later. The <laughs> football team. Uh, the, but um, uh, it, still, it's good to be playing that. And, and so uh, um, rather than the the AFC West and let's be clear the the Cowboys are, what what is it they are one and one and two against or one and three against the uh, AFC West with their only win against the, the, Chargers, uh, the Chargers Chargers early this year yeah by yeah. by three so I, they're just glad to get out of there and uh, they're tired and so now of they those damn AFC back. West teams yeah they're damn right so three out of their four losses are to the AFC West. So I think they're glad to be out of that division and uh, and moving back in. So I, there's there's still hope for the Cowboys. They still should win that division. Got two games lead with, uh, you know, six to go. That's a pretty good – that's pretty good in that division, and we'll see. Um, I, I, I think – I'll say this about the NFC, and then let you guys get back to you. I, we – the best free agent acquisition for this year is, belongs to the Arizona Cardinals – and it's James Conner. And it, who would have said that last year? James Conner was this washed-up running back that couldn't win the job over three other guys. And it's like, man, you know, good riddance. And here he is just by himself willing the Arizona Cardinals to to three wins in a row without Kyler Murray. Amazing. Yeah, or two true. wins in a row. It's amazing that that what a what a he has really turned it around. So uh, other than that, I think Arizona is still on top. They're showing themselves to be probably the most complete team in what still yeah. it, it's not anymore, but it could, it's still one of the toughest conferences in the in the NFL. I think you could argue, and I would be fine either way if you wanted to argue who is the top team in the NFC right now. I mean, obviously, seating wise, it's the Arizona, but Green Bay, Arizona. I'm cool with either one if you, if you want to say they're the best team, the cream of the crop in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Um, LJ, I, I'll share my thoughts, but I wanted to. Real quick on the on the Cowboys, do you have any any thoughts you wanted to give, or should they be worried, or they'll be fine, or because well, I think he's right. Think, the three of their next four is going to be back inside NFC beast. So <laughs> I think we're we're about to find out the leader that Dak Prescott is. I think that's yeah. what needs to happen over the next couple of weeks because I think what's happened to the Cowboys is I mean you can hear it in the way that Jerry Jones is talking. Uh, Amari Cooper kind of pissed off that locker room, I think, by not being vaccinated. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think the team's in a bit of turmoil over that. And I think that that's why they had, you know, 87,000 penalties against the Raiders. I think they're not an organized team right now. They're not very well structured. They they are poorly coached. emotional. They're poorly coached um, <laughs> and, and they're not playing, you know, football. They're they're out there trying to just outdo everybody. You know, they're 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 out there being talented, um, but not playing football very well. And uh, and so I think, you know, Dak Prescott needs to get that team under control because I don't think Mike McCarthy can. And uh, and get them all on the same page 
And if he can do that, Super Bowl contenders. If he can't do that, first week of the playoffs, they're out. Yeah. I and mean, I think that's all it is. I, it, I, the optimist in, in me wants to say like, okay, they're going to be fine. They're going up against the Saints team who I, I think they're maybe starting Taysom Hill at quarterback this week. And they're going to get CeeDee Lamb and Cooper back. But I think you bring an interesting point. I do think the Cooper stuff, I don't think it would have – it's necessarily ruining the locker room. But when you don't have a great guy at the helm in, in Mike McCarthy, I think all of a sudden those little rifts can cause something. And it, it's well, interesting I think to me. You, you look at a locker room and you're saying your personal decisions are affecting my paycheck, my W's. Um, yeah. I think that hurts. I think that hurts a lot of players' feelings, you know, and that messes – that affects the field for sure. And then you have, and this it doesn't go to necessarily riff in the locker room, but similar to what we mentioned with some of the quarterbacks, uh, Zeke, if he's not healthy, he doesn't need to play. He just didn't look good. I'm not ready mm-hmm. to say Pollard's better than Zeke, but Pollard's better than a banged up Zeke. And if you're not healthy, just go get healthy. And he would have had a lot of time to, he'd had a full two weeks to be ready for this Thursday. At, they just seem like there's there's something missing. If they're not getting like huge interception return for touchdown from Diggs, all of a sudden, that defense is not great, and we we all knew that. I think we talked about this before, but they will be getting back soon. Maybe Demarcus Lawrence this week and, and Randy Gregory soon. So, I mean, that's going to obviously provide a boost. But this is time for – you're right, LJ. This is time for someone, if it's Dak, you would think it's Dak, but someone to go, hey, come on. What the hell are we doing? We're a great team, or we're not. Let's figure out right now. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see what happens because the Saints, I will say, even if it is Taysom Hill – Sean Payton's they, they he's probably gonna have him coach play well. They're not gonna screw themselves, I don't think. And it's gonna be in the Superdome at night, which is a loud place to play. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see Thursday night. <laughs> They're lucky it's a Thursday, though. It, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't well, know. Those, in New Orleans, Louisiana is still really matter. Stop them. Yeah, in New Orleans, it doesn't. Friday will be a. a, a it's a day that ends holiday, in Y. They're so. fine. They'll figure it <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, they're fine. Um, they're fine. Let's try to decipher some of these other teams, like so. The, the 49ers are in the playoffs, and I was just getting ready watching some of their game that they're getting frisky at the right time, and they, they've learned who they are. And God, that, if you so this is interesting, Tony. I know you keep up, you're, you're all into fantasy. If you've redrafted right now, obviously he's hurt, but Debo Samuel might be like a top three pick. No doubt. He's just no a, doubt. Wherever they put him, he's just a machine. He's, good. he's a great receiver. They line him up a running back, he's a really good running back. He's just good, and he blocks. All. I would love to have Debo Samuel on my roster. Yeah, yeah, he he is. Yeah, he he is an X factor for sure. You know, kind of like Alvin Kamara uh, turned into be a, as far as a running back slash wide receiver. You can turn Debo into that wide receiver slash running back, and uh, uh, and it's hard to co- It's hard to defend against him when you don't know where he's coming from, and so. Uh, yeah, it's going to be tough having him out. That they, they, you know, George Kittle is back for them, and Kittle is another one of those X factor type tight ends. So he'll probably take uh, take a lot of that slack. But uh, I, I think they've they've got an offense that works for them. I he you know, hey Elijah Mitchell is a guy. I mean, th- th- this He's guy you know they. Th- they expected Trey Sermon to be that lead back uh, when Mostert went down in the preseason, and it's been Elijah Mitchell, their sixth round pick. And man, he's good. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And they—that's where really their offense uh, runs around and um, or, or goes through. And so, man, if he can carry the ball twenty times, uh, they're going to be tough to beat. Who would would you would you say that LJ? If you had to say 
the four like right now the 49ers make the playoffs or one of these teams creeps in like maybe Minnesota at five and six they're a game back Atlanta's five and six a game back New Orleans five and six a game back Washington five and six a game back like would would you say one of those teams or would you say the 49ers if you had to say one's going to make the playoffs? Well, so if we're looking at the NFC playoff picture, uh, mm-hmm. Cowboys, Cardinals, Packers, Bucks probably all make it with their division, right? So we've got three think? more spots left. Rams are probably going to take one of them. Um, and so there are two slots left. I think the Niners get one of those slots. I think one of those teams you're talking about gets in as well. But I think the Niners take one of those last two slots. Can we? While we're talking about the Niners, can we talk about the moment in, uh, in the game where Kirk Cousins – went to line up <laughs> behind <laughs> his right guard to take the snap. Kirk, 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 Kirk. I think the that. third highest paid quarterback in the NFL, and he lined up behind his guard. And like the whole, like the guard even turned around like, did I not get the call? Right. Is that the play that we didn't practice? Like, what, what are we doing here? Right. And then Alexander right. Madison, it looked like Alexander Madison went, it, it looked identical to if you've ever seen, and maybe you've been in this position where, you're 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 in a parking lot, and all of a sudden you see a little kid about to run out in the road. It might not even be your little kid. You just go and grab him. That's what Madison did to Kirk Cousins. He's like, "What the hell are we doing? Whoa, whoa, what, what are we doing?" And honestly, watching it live, I thought, "Oh, trick play. They're gonna snap it to Madison." But Madison's like, "No, we're not. No, we're not." I just that's hilarious. They have such a talented roster. And Kirk Cousins at times looks great. And then at times he lines up behind his guard. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> There's no one like that, man, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'd love to see Mark Sanchez and Kirk Cousins play together. That would oh, be great. That, just living memes, those two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Butt fumbles and right guard lineups. You can't get any better than that. You for like what that? it's worth, watching watching the uh, – you like that? Watching the Vikings – Justin Jefferson, I know Jamar Chase gets a lot of like hype as, and he is a super explosive player, but he might not be the best receiver out of LSU right now. I, Justin Jefferson is the entire package. He's got just the speed. He's got yeah. the route running. He's hard to tackle in there. That's true. He's really, really. I like him more and more each game. And then on the other side, Thielen is damn good. He makes one or two catches a game where you're like, "How did you catch that ball?" Yeah. And you got yeah. your feet in. I, the wily. Vikings could make a run. They could wily. make a run and get back into the playoffs. It wouldn't shock me. They just got to. Yeah. They got to get the same way the Colts got to figure out they, the ninety percent good of Wentz, and they need to get that ten percent where he just forgets about it and stops trying to do the crazy play. They need to get Kurt, Kurt Cousins to do that ten percent where he checks down on third and fifteen and lines up behind his guard on third and three. Like <laughs> if we can get those yeah. plays out of the playbook, the Vikings <laughs> could legit be a good. Like I, they could put up thirty points on anybody. Yeah. I, yeah, I think. LJ hit it on the NFC. I, I think you can count those six teams in. I, I think you count the 49ers uh, just for where they're at because they're all all those guys are the ones that are above 500 in the NFC right now, and so they have a, a game that they could kind of trip over and still make it. What's interesting for that last spot is going to be those five and six teams between the Washington football team, <laughs> uh, Vikings, uh, and uh, Falcons or Saints, and I I said Falcons because they're right there. They're there, and there's going to be games. There's going to be games over these next three weeks that will kind of sort out who's going to be involved for that last spot. Now there could be crashes by any of those folks. Now the Seahawks have worked their way out of the picture, and hopefully Pete Carroll into retirement. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, 
Uh, he may be the next Notre Dame coach. Let's start that rumor right here, right now. <laughs> Pete Carroll is taking the Notre Dame job. Let's do that. Um, but um, uh, but anyway, I think that's very interesting. It's different than in the AFC where it is a true scrum. But over in the NFC, I think you can – LJ called it. It's narrowed down to who's going to get that last spot. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think I, I think that's spot on. Um, I've got one more thought on the NFC also. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sure. I just wanted to share that. Uh, so the the Seahawks uh, are three and eight. So are the Jets, and I think that's kind of hilarious. Um, if the season ended today, the Seahawks would have the fourth pick, and the Jets would have the fifth pick. So they would actually pick before the Jets. But actually, the Jets own the Seahawks pick. So the Jets right now are holding the fourth and fifth pick in the NFL draft. So that's since you brought it Aaron up, Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. Where do you want to go? Since you brought that up, LJ. That's why I think one as as reported on this podcast, Pete Carroll to Notre Dame. But I think the Russell Wilson in Seattle era is done. I think it's over. And it might be because what are you going to do? So it'd be one thing it's like over. okay, Russell Wilson's bad. Let's set. Like I was talking to a guy at work, and he was like, "I think they just sit uh, Russell Wilson and get that pick." And I reminded him as you just did to our <laughs> listeners. I was like. Well, you see, they traded that pick for Jamal Adams, who are we even sure how good he is? He makes a, he makes three good plays a game, but he also makes three bonehead plays a game. Yeah. True, true. Uh, at, yeah. I think the Seahawks era is done. The Legion, well, obviously, the Legion of Boom, yeah. but just that that they've had a good ten year run, and I think it it's over. And I oh. wouldn't be shocked. The Steelers maybe try to trade for Russell Wilson or the Broncos try yeah. to trade for Russell Wilson. Or I think his list of teams yeah. was like Dallas, New Orleans, Las Vegas would be interesting. Ooh. I, let's even let's take this even further. We'll take Pete Carroll to Notre Dame and Dan Quinn to Seattle, who Goes is the back. originator. He was the originator of the Legion of Boom. So uh, I, I think that uh, – because like Quinn that. has done a phenomenal job with a bunch of no names on on Dallas's defense, other than Micah Parsons, and and yeah, he's uh, they, they've good. done a good. But he's job. a rookie yeah, too, so good. I mean, hell, that's uh, crazy. Yeah. That's that's insane. Yeah, um, that is speed to burn. But anyway, interesting <laughs> stuff. We'll see. Worst we'll see. worst record in close games. Uh, if you're looking at fourth quarter overtime in 2021, the Seahawks are 0 and five in close games. Yikes. The Lions are 0 six and one, and then. If this doesn't get the, the red flag up a little bit, the Bills are zero and three. Ooh, that does. If, if, that if you're currently gr- if you're currently grouped in any three team grouping where the Lions and Seahawks are in those same ones this year, it's not good. Not good, Bob. <laughs> you gotta not good, Bob. That's that run game, man. It that is. run game's coming back to haunt them. It is coming. They need back to pick to up Philip Lindsay, so they'll have the undersized running backs well, that I want all the time uh, that never do anything good and always get hurt. <laughs> Well, did you see Miami, he, Miami did pick him up? He, Miami picked yeah. him up, yeah, Miami. yeah. They needed one more undersized running back who always get hurt. They, you know, they needed somebody besides Miles Gaskin. And, yeah. And I'm trying to the, look at marquee games we have for, for this week coming up. Uh, uh, ooh. Uh, Kansas City, Denver, baby. The, the Sunday night, Monday Flex. night, I yes. think is interesting. You got Broncos, Chiefs Sunday night, and then you got Patriots, Bills Monday night. So your primetime games look Those good. Those are going to be time. good. Oh, other terrible. than that, I'll tell you. Other than that, it's a little bleak. I mean, you do have the. Um, there was one I saw. Chargers Bengals is interesting because that's kind of both teams like can make a statement on how good they really are. True, true. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. Yeah, I, I suspect the Chargers will show us that the West is still better than the North, but but we'll see. I tell you, you what, I, there the North. Yeah, remembers. that Chief, <laughs> the North remembers. 
Yeah, when oh. we get to shows we're watching, I, I started rewatching Game oh, of Thrones. Oh, um, poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> Patriot Bills. Patriot Bills is big and Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs Broncos. But here's here's a game I think this weekend that's pretty interesting. Ooh, it's not a under that, the radar that, game for us. Yes. Buccaneers and Falcons. So the Buccaneers haven't shown us very much that that, that they can be dominant on these teams. And the Falcons, you know, they're playing okay. I mean, they're they're okay. And even without Calvin Ridley, maybe it's something that where they've banded together. And and if Kyle Pitts can can start to make a jump here in the last half of the season, I mean, they're a team at five and six, and the Buccaneers historically have played poorly in Atlanta in the dome. That, and, it's weird. Uh, those games are always close. Even uh, when Atlanta stunk, those games have been close. And it it smells it smells a little like a trap. And that's a Tampa Bay minus eleven. So, that, that, that's a lot of points. Minus eleven that's a lot on of points. the road. Well, I think that's an interesting call a, too, because I think like you're you're saying the Falcons have a shot at the playoffs. To have a shot at the playoffs, they've got of their six remaining games, they've got the Bucks. The Panthers, the Niners, the Lions, the Bills, and the Saints. I mean, they've got a pretty tough schedule coming out, but if they could come out with yeah. a W this week. That would go a long uh, way in their chance of getting way. those two yeah. spots. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think they're the one, but I think that, you know, it, but this, if they were I, going to, this I, is the week. So they're, they should be. Yeah, on fire. I kind of like, I could be wrong, but I, I think this Buccaneers, because the Buccaneers just won a last, got a last minute victory on the road against the Colts and, they're coming in again, another back-to-back road games, and they weren't expecting that from the Colts, and here they go. Interdivision game. We'll see. We'll see. Um, did y'all – I want to move on to the some of this college football stuff with it going crazy. Did, was there anything else from this past week or looking ahead NFL-wise that we need, that we missed out on, or did we did we touch them all? I, I just – I didn't know if the IT department had a chance to look at um, total scores – uh, for this year, it, it seems like to me that scoring is down this year than it has been in the past. And I don't know if that's true or not. It may just me, but I was looking at uh, some lines uh, and it, it seems that right now there's only 10 teams that are greater than 50 percent to their uh, over line uh, during the year. Only 10 out of 32 teams have a have a, a positive over Rating, so that tells me that there's been a lot of under games uh, this year, which would tell me that scoring is is down. But I, I don't know the stats. Do you? Do you, any of y'all guys know? Yes. Yeah, so last last pod, y'all were slinging stats. They were awesome. <laughs> so I've got I've got so the way that I I looked into this particular stat is I like looked at the points per game per each team um, because I mm-hmm. you know how do you compare twelve weeks? Uh, so points per game for each team, um, and then just average them all together to get the league's points per game. And then compared that over the last uh, 18 years, I went all the way back to 2003. Um, oh my god! So this year compared to last year, we are down a point and a half per team per game. So that's three points per game, okay. which doesn't sound okay. like a big difference, but spread across all these games, that is a pretty big difference. So it is notably lower than last uh-huh. year. Um, however, uh, it is the the fourth highest scoring season so far of probably NFL okay. history because it is of the last 18 years. And I think they're scoring more now than ever before. So this is actually like mm-hmm. on the high end historically, just way lower yeah. than last year. So if you're thinking from last year's standpoint, yeah, you're definitely right that there is a lot less, but, but right now, okay. Um, overall, it's still a high score. Also season. what I think you're seeing 
uh, tone is I think they're scoring more just because the NFL wants them. Like LJ was, I think, alluding to the NFL wants mm-hmm. them to score more. The rules mm-hmm. are jaded that way. Mm-hmm. I think Vegas yeah. is setting the line. I'd be interested to see what the over-unders are set. Like, I, I don't know how we would figure this out. We might be able to come back next week. Yeah, with it, I, but like, I think Vegas is setting the over-under higher because they're getting ahead of yeah. all the overs. Because last year, yeah. I believe the overs hit quite a bit at yeah, least I bet early they got on last year. because they didn't have any crowds. And I, people – like the Sharps got on that quick and they lost a bunch of money. And so this year I think they bumped it up a little bit. And just your mind, you think, oh, well, my overs were – if you're the average better, I know the way I would think. My overs were hitting last year. Let's keep them rolling. Mm-hmm. But the overs, yeah. you don't realize they put them up, as LJ said, a point and a half, two, three points per game. Yeah. Those 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 point in the hook that, that changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's just them getting ahead of a Vegas is yep. they're they're good at what they do. I'll, t- I'll tell you that much. <laughs> that's absolutely right. So here's so here's the other other ask that I have with it for next week uh, for next podcast, and that is the number of offensive holding calls. Because what Ooh. I was thinking as I have been watching games this year, there have been an extraordinary number of offensive holding calls. Now maybe it's because they're always against my fantasy football guys <laughs> and I'm just paying I'm paying more attention to it. But it just seems like to me that the holding calls have gone way up. And um I knew defensive holding and defensive pass interference have gone up because of the rules changes. But there's been no rules changes on offensive holding. I just think they're calling it more this year, and I'd be interested to see if I'm correct or or if I'm just mad because Lamar Jackson threw four interceptions. <laughs> well, we'll see if our intern can find some info on that. Oh, awesome. That, that is a great job for the intern. Perfect. Perfect, LJ. All right, let's get into some lying-ass coaches and new jobs and taking a lot of money and all this. But before we get to some college football talk, let's get another quick word from our sponsor. Seems like it was about 15, 20 years ago or so, I moved out here to Wyoming start my career as a rodeo clown. Went to Night Shark Hold. Luckily, I've got my, my lady here and my dog to keep me warm. Horses outside, neighing in the distance. But I'm still thankful this time of year that I have a community somewhere, somewhere out yonder, where we can all reconvene together after all of the turkey and the heated discussions at the dinner table. Talk about what really matters, our favorite sports teams. So this holiday season, reach out to the ones you love and let them know about Spotify Green Room and tell them, hey, if you're looking for a place to meet up and talk with folks about sports or well hell any other kind of entertainment thing that you can think of why don't you just go on over there and give spotify green room a chance that's spotify green room y'all get blasted in the ears now happy holidays your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000 plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com 
to create a free account and when you deposit make sure to use the promo code SD to make your deposit risk free. Visit symbol.com and use the promo code SD and your deposit will be risk free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams today. Symbol.com promo code SD. All right, so let's start with the one that I, I, no, they're both surprising. The two big names right now are Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly. So Lincoln Riley leaves OU on so Saturday night they played the the Bedlam game. They beat or they lost Oklahoma State real late game, and according to Lincoln Riley, he got a call the next morning, and it was from USC. And then within I think by noon or so, it was reported that it was a done deal. He's leaving. I'm just throwing this out there. So between what what what's that, what time do you think that call came in? Like you, that's West Coast. You think someone was up at four and called him at six and, and at twelve oh one a.m. Or was this been that's the morning? Has this been worked out? And it was interesting. So uh, was it Sun? I think Sunday or Saturday he was asked quite a bit, or just over the weekend, LSU, LSU, and the rumors were LSU, and he he one at one point said, "I am not going to be the head coach of the LSU Tigers." He didn't Correct. lie. Correct. He did not lie. <laughs> what happened was the reporters just didn't ask the right questions. They didn't say, will you be the coach of the OU Sooners? And and he left. And then he left. And not only did he leave, he took the defensive coordinator with him. I, I don't know if he just kidnapped a, a Coach Grinch and brought him on the plane. <laughs> but all of a sudden, at like 11, it, they got off a plane. There was reports that Grinch was going with him. It's like, oh. And then – all kinds of good recruits that were, were going to OU, which, if you're being honest, a lot of those offensive guys probably went to go be in Lincoln Riley's system because Lincoln Riley just makes Heisman winners, apparently. <clears throat> yeah. And so quickly they flipped Malachi Nelson, I think is his name, the number two quarterback for the 2023. He's now committed to USC. Huh. Who would have thought? And well, OU's in an interesting spot now. He, he, Lincoln Riley kind of left them high and dry. Uh Tony, what do you think? Is just greener pastures, or is USC a better job than OU? Yeah, well, you know, things are about to change at OU in yeah. Texas. They're coming to the SEC in about three years, so you've really got this lame duck period uh, before they move over to the SEC and um, probably going to f- impact your recruiting and stuff from local kids uh, and, and being able to recruit Texas. Uh, so um, it, we'll see if that ha- – when they get over, we'll see what happens. But uh, I like it, that the fact that, you know – he doesn't have to say anything. He can say, I'm not going to be the coach because his lawyer and his agent have been doing all the talking for him over the last 30, 60 days. So I guarantee you when the USC job came open, his agent and his lawyer were talking to the USC, to their um, uh, to their boosters and to their yeah, and, uh, foundation. And, and they even- knew there was something going on. Right? If he loses this and if we don't win the national championship, then here's what it's going to take to get Lincoln to, to to USC and he has no knowledge. He he can be full plausible deniability. I'm not going anywhere. I haven't talked to anybody. My agent has, my lawyer has, my wife has, but I ain't talked to nobody. So he can you know he can he can have that. So I, I think this deal was was in the works for a while, depending upon whether or not he made it to the national championship game. So what's interesting is and these are a lot of rumors, but the rumor is that Lincoln Riley was against the SEC move. He was not in favor of OU moving mm. to SEC. And their president and AD 
said, we like dollar signs and ESPN is about to pay SEC a ton of money and they're already getting paid a ton of money and we'd like to be a part of that and they up and move. And just the way he kind of left, it feels like there was some sort of vendetta, like there was some sort of maybe he he felt he was lied to or he was under the impression that they wouldn't move without telling him. Then all of a sudden the report just happened and they're moving and that's a done deal. And he maybe felt like, well, I didn't even get told about it. So his loyalty left a little bit. I don't know. It just the way it all happened, it felt like, man, because the time the timing he also left was a hell of a time. Now they don't have a head coach, and it's all about recruiting right now. Mm-hmm. You can now go to in person in home visits, and they don't even have, who are they sending. And supposedly the coaches I was hearing about some of the other assistants. There's rumors that they were in at an in home visit, and they learned about the news as they walked out that Lincoln Riley was leaving. And so they're like, "Well, I just lied straight to a family's face mm-hmm. on accident, like I didn't even know." So I don't know. I I think there was somewhere, yeah. and it was funny. The Big Twelve or the OU president Joe Harris is his name. He said he would have liked a little more notice on Riley leaving. And I just have to think, oh, the Big Twelve was like, really? You wanted more notice? We learned about you leaving through come the on, media. Man. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Karma's a bitch, isn't it? You know, I that's anybody that's in, any any top ten, top twenty program has got to know that that coach and you have success. That that coach is for hire at anywhere. Um, you just got to think about the money you're going to get back, and and it, un, unless you build some kind of outstanding relationship, and so uh, that that's tough to see in these this day and times. But I, I I find it hard to believe. I mean, I think Riley's smart for doing it, but but we'll talk about Kelly in a moment. But everybody wants to coach in the best league you can coach in. Everybody wants to coach in the NFL. If you're in the college, everybody wants to coach in the SEC. It, you want if you want to be the best and you want to win a national championship, your best shot is to coach in in the SEC, and uh, and so I, I think that um, I, I think uh, or Ohio State, and so I think that um, that's the you know that's kind of the mantra. If you want to go be the best, you got to be in the best conference, and I, I would think that that the SEC would be a would be a draw. Now I you know that's what Kelly is thinking. So well to argue that point. I, I, you play the best of the best in the SEC, I think, week in and week out. But maybe that's – it sounds like – I don't know if that is the case if you want to win championships because Ohio State has a pretty favorable run. They're favored in all of their games every year. And they're they're the heavy favorite. And then they might have – they're going to have to beat a tough Michigan team. But over the, I think this was the first time in 10 years they haven't beat Michigan. 11. It, the best, the best yeah. way to win, if you want to, if you want to lock yourself in a playoff spot, be at one of these Power Five conferences, but preferably an easier one where you don't lose two games in the regular season, where you can at least be undefeated or one loss. And I know USC hasn't been that great, but if they can get right back to where they were, the Pac-12 is not the gauntlet of a schedule that the SEC is. And uh, the Pac-12 championship, if they're if you're a one loss team, you're probably getting in more years than you're not. So I, yeah. I think he's going to greener pastures, and he thought. Well, I haven't won a championship yet, and I've been in the Big 12 where it's a little easier to go undefeated or one loss. Why don't I just go to USC? And I'm sure USC, I, for, I, don't, I think some money's come out, but I'm sure they backed yeah. up the Brinks truck for old Lincoln. Yeah. It's high profile, man. It's Hollywood. Hollywood! <laughs> you know, you got it. You know, you got to go. You got to go. They've been looking for that quarterback, of that, that coach out there. To bring him that that uh, Heisman quarterback for a long time now back at USC. Well, and, we'll see and if he does Lincoln it. Riley is the recruiter for that because I mean he can show you a yep. bunch of Heisman's just yep. and number one overall yep. pick. So mm-hmm. if you're one to go Absolutely. win a Heisman and be the first overall pick, Lincoln Riley, at least Absolutely. the recent pedigree, is the guy to go. Yeah, 
Hey, let's see if let's see if Lane Kiffin ends up at OU. I, I am interested. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. Um, Lane Kiffin's interesting for every job. Supposedly, he like he's interested <laughs> uh, yeah. in the Miami one just because he has no loyalty whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, whatsoever. Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame to go to to go to LSU. LJ, I mean Notre Dame is a story story tradition. I, I, that's interesting to me. I think that kind of stunned a lot of people because I, we all thought the LSU was a big time job, but. Notre Dame's a pretty pretty big time job too. What you think about that? I mean, I don't know if I want to spend a lot of time in South Bend, but I definitely don't want to be sweating down in the bayou. So I would take that Notre Dame job for comfort's sake in a hurry. Um, <laughs> I I don't understand the choice. I I yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Is like it's like I it's kind of this is the is is Tony right about the SEC and coaching or is Kevin right about the SEC and coaching? Is what we're seeing here because like you have a better shot at. Um, you know, if you succeed here, you are the man, um, straight up, no doubt. Um, and if you don't, then you're not, but like you get more shots at national titles if you can, um, you know, play, uh, play an easier schedule. So I think he's saying, I don't want this, this, uh, this Notre Dame schedule. I want to get down there and I want to play Bama. I want to play, um, uh, Georgia and, uh, see what happens. Well, and the interesting and, and you might end up being dead wrong, but there is a thought out there, I think, and that's why this LSU job was intriguing. If you think the Saban run is closer to the end, because, mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest, he is getting older. He still looks just fine, but <laughs> he is getting a little older. And if he's a little closer to the end, we, we saw what he's done at Al. I think LSU gets the same talent, and they're willing to put the same, they're willing to put all the money into football. Yeah. And, if all of a sudden you can start running that conference, you'll be good every single year, and everybody's going to want to come down to LSU. And just look at Louisiana. They, they, they produce so much talent. That LSU roster, year in and year out, has guys at least up front and on the defensive end. That's great. Now, they haven't always had a quarterback, but maybe Brian Kelly changes well, and they're, that. Yeah, their skill positions are generally really good, but their they're, they're trenches are always you saw the You saw the one year they got a good quarterback in Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they were arguably the best team in college football history. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they are, but they're they're in that conversation. Because those so, trenches are yeah. solid. You, you're going to have good blocking. You're going to have good pass rush. Guaranteed. And you're going to have yeah. OBJs and Justin Jeffersons yeah. and Jamar Chases out on the outside. Yeah. So. Yeah, they they eat a lot of boudin down there. They in eat a lot of so those boys grow big. You know, so. that is I, saw some, I like some jambalaya, yeah. so I might would take that job. I don't know. Yeah, I saw someone. Yeah, I saw someone tweet yeah. about Brian Kelly, and it was going. It, it was getting shared a lot, and it was like Brian Kelly looks like a guy that would think Sprite is too spicy. I don't know how he's going to do down in Baton Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty good. Uh, I do want well, to. Bring, Tony, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Tone. One thing on Kelly, and I didn't realize this, is that he pa- did he pass Newt Rockney this year yeah. or last year for number one. Well, technically, he passed you, him uh, earlier, but some of those wins got vacated okay. during one of the years, and so he passed him officially okay. this year. Okay, so you've won more than Newt Rockney at Notre Dame. What else is there to do? And, and you know, you want to win that national win a natty. <laughs> And so, yeah, win a natty. That, I think that's the hashtag now. Isn't it? Hashtag win a natty. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, Les Miles, Nick, Nick Saban, Les Miles, Ed Orgeron. And I think we could all say that Les Miles and Ed Orgeron are probably not candidates for the collegiate uh, Hall of Fame. I agree. Uh, as coaches, and so I know Pops is at home, he, but Pops loves Les Miles. He actually hates him, but <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, no love lost there. So here's a guy, Brian Kelly, with proven success, and you're going to put him in what is obviously a a, a national championship caliber program. I, he's probably got a chance in the next five years to to take one and uh, hashtag win a natty. So win a natty for Brian. 
LJ, I want to get your opinion on this. Did you see the text that Brian Kelly apparently sent to his Notre Dame team? No, no. So at 10.08 Monday night, which the news got reported during Monday Night Football, and it started breaking that it's he's going to LSU. And it was kind of out of nowhere for a lot of people. I'm sure it was the same for the players. And he sent a text at 10.08, and he said, let me first apologize for the late-night text and, more importantly, <laughs> not being able to share the news with you in person. I'm flying back to South Bend tonight, and he wants to meet with all of them in the morning for a 7 a.m. meeting oh. to tell them, peace out, oh. I'm going to LSU. And then he had the nerve to say, what was his um, – my love for you is limitless, but apparently $15 million is $15 million. Like, <laughs> yeah. Not that limitless. There's some limits. <laughs> up to and including $15 million. It's limitless up to and including $15 million. And even better, what was, what was the quote? He had a quote just recently. I think I had it pulled up. I had to go find it. Oh, yeah. So, well, it was just here. Well, while you're saying that, I did me. see that, uh, that they had that meeting at 7 a.m. Brian Kelly was out of the building by 7.11, and the players had yeah. left by 7.23. That was- I heard it was very, very quick. <laughs> and if yeah. you just we, – we talked about Lincoln Riley, either lying or not lying, whatever. Uh, Brian Kelly was asked about just big-time jobs. There's a lot of big-time jobs, and if he would ever be interested – and he said, no, I mean, look, I like – if you remember the Mike Tomlin quote he had a while back ago where he was, there's no way he'd leave Pittsburgh for any job. He said, I think Mike Tomlin had the best line, right? Unless there's a fairy godmother that comes by with at least $250 million check, my wife would want me to take a look at that first. I'd love to run it by her. Well, I don't know what LSU came back with, but I guess there's a fairy godmother down in Baton Rouge because he answered that call. That's – that's all that fair godmother had to hear. <laughs> hey, my daddy, the boy up there, I want a two hundred million. I think we're gonna go get him now. Oh, I'll be right on it now. Oh. At least, at least Lincoln Riley t- talked to the team the day of, like the day those reports came. I think they came around Sunday around twelve to one, and there was a team meeting or Sunday afternoon. So it wasn't like Brian Kelly was just like. Uh, yeah, I'll be back. How about 7 a.m. for a bunch of college kids? How about you wake up at 7 a.m. on Tuesday morning to come meet with me so I can say, hey, y'all have a chance to go to the playoffs. If things will go right, you might make the playoffs, but I ain't going to be here. Someone else is going to be coaching y'all. It ain't going to be Brian <laughs> Kelly. Just come at 7 a.m. for that meeting. And then, like you said, LJ, apparently the meeting lasted a, t- a total of 10 minutes. Like, what that love is probably limitless. I, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is, hey, this is something to talk about now uh, for next, not that we're a big college folks here but you know this may be the most jumbled up the college uh playoff picture has been in quite some time that uh michigan beating ohio state really threw some stuff and then alabama winning barely in overtime over auburn really has uh uh jumbled up some uh, jumbled up the picture a little bit there are folks that are actually outside of the top four or five that have a shot I mean, Oklahoma State has a shot still. It is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So Cincinnati is undefeated. Their number, I think they're number three right now. And there's, I don't, there's, he's not said anything, but uh, the, one of the hot names that Notre Dame is definitely going to call would be Luke Fickle, Cincinnati's coach. They could easily, Cincinnati yeah. and Notre Dame could easily be the two three matchup in the college football playoffs. Which would be fascinating if yeah. Fickle were to be getting calls to Notre Dame. Like, what do you do? Do you do you go take the take the money because they can't wait around forever? And then if you do go to Notre Dame, who who you coach for? You coach for Cincinnati or Notre Dame? What? Yeah, I I want to I do want to mention a lot of people were upset uh, or or uh, calling out Brian Kelly because he left Notre Dame when they're in playoff contention. But if you remember, Brian Kelly left Cincinnati back in I forget what year. I think it was like back in. 
or, or it was Tim Tebow senior year, whatever year that was. But he left Cincinnati when they were 12 and 0, the number three ranked team in the BCS. So they weren't going to the championship because it was the BCS era. And he left them high and dry to take the, new, the Notre Dame job. And they end up losing 51 to 24 to Florida in the, uh, I think it was in the Sugar Bowl. So this ain't nothing new. The game is the game. Brian Kelly's been doing this the whole time. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the way this game works. A head coach and a it's that's just the way it's about time now the players can leave the yeah. transfer portal. They can leave and not have to sit out of here since the coaches clearly there can you go. Mm-hmm. moving absolutely. And then there was a I, quote I, one, going around about Brian Kelly, yeah. just about how great of a guy he was. Apparently, there's a story where Matt Lafleur and Robert Sala were his graduate assistants back when he's at Central Michigan, and they were invited to a Christmas party. And so they thought they were going to Brian Kelly's Christmas yeah. party. Well, in the ESPN article from Rob Demonsky, he has a quote from both of them saying, we showed up and there was snow all over the parking lot and they gave us shovels and we were supposed to sho- oh uh, shovel God. out the driveway <laughs> for the people that were actually invited. Now, I get they were GAs, but he said they got text saying they were invited to the party oh and then they got my. handed a shovel and said, clear out the driveway for all the people that are actually coming. So oh Brian my. Kelly, oh yeah. I mean, he's... That's, it is the job at Brian that, Kelly. Let's not. There's no love lost. That love is not limitless for anybody. Oh, that's hilarious. That's like that's like Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall <laughs> in uh, Coming to America. I want you guys to park these cars. That's oh, that's oh awesome. My God. That's awesome. Um, well, here's ahead, here's the me. hot topic. I want to hear you guys comment on yeah, in college football. We've talked all about this stuff. Prime time. Where does Coach Prime Time go? Is he going uh, somewhere? Is he staying at Jackson State? What happens to, to Deion Sanders? Is he going to be a legitimate candidate for uh, a Power Five conference job? Is it a, a mid-major? Does he move from Jackson State? What do we think is going to happen well, with Primetime? Well, if, if you follow him at all, and, and, and we all know a lot of this is uh, what, what, they're, what comes out of their mouth isn't necessarily always the truth when it comes to coaches, as we've lamented for the past 15, 20 minutes. But – uh, Deion Sanders has made it clear that he wants to coach at an HBCU and he wants to bring more prominence to HBCUs, which is, a, a, I think, a, a cool thing he's trying to do. Now, if he's serious about it, there's no reason he's even thinking about leaving. Also, I do think it would be interesting if you're going to go get Dion, which, hell, I guess people swing on Lane Kiffin all the time, but <laughs> Dion is an interesting one. He's going to be he's going to be on different podcasts and different radios, and he's going to say whatever the hell he wants to. Dion is Dion. And you don't really rein in Dion, so I don't know. I don't think he goes anywhere because I think he, he his son's a freshman at Jackson State and just won freshman of the year. But mm-hmm. he is a name, and he can recruit because he is prime time and he is cool. I mean, he did tweet I, out four hours ago. Anywhere. He said, "I ain't hard to find." I don't know what that's. There's no context to it, huh. but that is interesting. Yeah, I ain't hard to find. <laughs> I he would be a great like if for some reason Fickle goes. He would be an interesting candidate for someone like Cincinnati or someone like a Memphis or someone like that. Now, I I I, I want to say that Grant. I think Grambling may have fired their coach. I can't remember. Um, they were so just if he the, is. I can't remember. I I can't remember. But if he is interested in that, that would be the profiled college for him to move to if, if he wanted to say in an HBCU. You were correct about that. However, by the way, uh, I. Miami is open. Ooh. Ooh. But he's a Florida State guy, right? So Yeah, but that's still 
Miami is a- supposedly Lane Kiffin, which you know he did coach down at FAU. If uh, supposedly he's a big oh. Florida guy and wants to go down to Miami, those are rumors, and Lane Kiffin's not him. Whatever that's worth, so we'll see. <laughs> they they don't have the money. I don't think Florida uh, Miami it, it, as rich as Miami may be. They don't have SEC money. Well, I'd be very surprised if Ole Miss if he would leave the SEC because he is. You just mentioned it. I think he's waiting for Saban to say next year is the year. Um, I I really believe that's why he's back in the SEC. Interesting. The, the college football world is it because there's going to be another big name going somewhere with the Oklahoma and Notre Dame jobs open. Those are two very good gigs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Supposedly the name for Oklahoma is Brett Venables, the D coordinator at Clemson. He's turned down a lot of high profile jobs and he was Bob Stoops assistant coach back in the day. So there are some ties to That's Oklahoma. Good. It's a good call. Um, good call. I think that wraps us up on the the, the mania that is the college football coaching carousel. Woo. Um, as we wrap up, uh, Tony, I guess we can uh, just because I need you to provide some context because I don't know why you do this uh-huh. this pain to yourself. You're rewatching Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> I am. I am because I started to say what happened in season two, and I could you know, and I know that we're we're several several months away from the prequel. Uh, coming out, uh, but um, I, I just found myself. I want to watch something, and I'm like, "Well, hell, let me watch some Game of Thrones." So I've, I'm through like the third episode of season one, fourth episode of season one, and it, it wow, it takes a long time to watch those things. But uh, uh, there's been you know all sorts of graphic things going on, so that was kind of fun to watch. But um, uh, it, it it it's been it's been fun kind of getting back into it, but there's just no way I'm gonna make it through all. The, I just don't know how nine. you can enjoy I, I, any I, of it when you know at the end none of it matters, none of it meant anything. It was all I'm a gonna, waste of your time. I I just don't know how you can find any. I enjoyment. predict. <laughs> I predict when Arya makes it back to the north, I'm probably gonna say, "Okay, I'm done. I know what's happening." <laughs> been here, done that. I'm I'm done. I'm done. But it, it, it has actually. It's been kind of fun to to, to watch the first three or four, three or four episodes of that first season. Well, when you're thinking, oh wow, isn't this cool? This is something. And you know what? You look at it back and say, yeah, this was completely different. There had not been TV like yeah. this before. Well, and to your point, I, the rewatch for Game of Thrones was I rewatched it heading into the final yeah. season, and it was a great rewatch. But now knowing what I know, as LJ said, I just don't know if I can yeah. put myself. Just I'd rather watch something good like The Wire, you know, like Breaking Bad. I know. Or Succession, Yellowstone, yeah. both both really good. I haven't yeah, watched the now, last episodes of either one. Yeah, I I can't watch Yellowstone because I got to watch Yellowstone with yeah. Cindy, and Cindy's always falling asleep a little <laughs> early, so we can't watch late. Yeah. But we're we're gonna Yellowstone is Yellowstone is uh, is in the uh, uh, in the in the queue. Yep. Good deal. Good deal. Um, LJ, do you have a what you're watching or listening to? I have a listening to actually. For this week, I've been I've been just working on music for a show, so no, I really don't have anything. Well, uh, Texas country band, the Turnpike Troubadours, are apparently making a comeback. Okay. They've been very very vague about it, but they've they posted a pic with the band back together All right. after breaking up a few years ago. So big big news! I'm I'm hoping they come back. So I've just been listening to old Turnpike Troubadours. All right, let's go throughout the. There you go. All right, Tony. Hey, I bought a I ahead. bought a great album. Hey, here's one. I, I found Trace Ombres by ZZ Top. I found that nice. album uh, a couple weeks ago, and it has been jamming. Damn, if that's not a that is not a good album, I don't know what right. it is. <laughs> it's just good old yeah, Texas dude. rock and roll, yeah. man. Been waiting on a bush all day. Down. <laughs> anyway, so that's a real good one. If you have a chance, find one and. 
Take a listen. Mm-hmm. All right, Tony, take us home with what's Tony drinking tonight? Oh, it looks good. All right. I see so the orange in it, I think. Yes, uh, yes. So tonight, uh, I, in honor of the Cowboys going to New Orleans on Thursday <laughs> oh, night, yes, I am drinking. I am drinking what's called a Vucare. Oh, good choice. Vucare, for those of you who know French, is is uh, French for the uh, uh, French Quarter. So, um, or the yeah, I think I have that right. So anyway, this is a cocktail that has one ounce of rye, one ounce of cognac. Uh, one ounce of sweet vermouth, a little Peychaud's bitter, a little uh, Angostura bitters, and then the secret ingredient, uh, Benedictine, which has a little quarter ounce of Benedictine in it. And so that gives it a a, a little bit of a uh, um, uh, French Quarter flavor. And this drink uh, was the uh, house drink uh, for uh, the Hotel Monteleone. And so if you're in New Orleans and down in the French Quarter, you can still go to Hotel Monteleone and sit on their uh, merry-go-round and uh, have a uh, Vucare. A Vucare. Vucare is a very boozy drink. It's sweet with about being too sweet. So uh, mm. it's uh, it's quite nice. All right, Vucare. I'm like I like the theme drink. Knowing that knowing the the Dallas is traveling down to New Orleans, so you wanted to get a little taste of New Orleans going on down there. There you go. There you go. Let's let's hope that's all the Cowboys get out of Vucare. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully old Dak's able to have a nice Vucare and a celebratory Vucare after after the game on Thursday night. We'll see there about that though. There you go. Um, I think that wraps us up. Uh, as always, make sure you're following us on Facebook or Twitter. Just type in Just Press Play Podcast, and then if you're not already, I don't know what you're doing, <laughs> but subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. So you know when a new episode drops every time it just pops right into your feed. Mm-hmm. Um, and rate and review while you're there. Go ahead and pop us a nice little rating. We always appreciate it. And leave a comment for us. We'll answer on there if you leave a comment. A good comment, I guess. I mean, it depends what you ask. But uh, (laughs) I think that does it, guys. I will catch you all next time. Peace. Excellent. Thanks, gentlemen. Peace. Y'all ready to rock and roll? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, we'll do a clap test. Zero, three, two, one. Alright, well, I'm telling you, when Lipper's not here, we are perfect on the clap test.